Hey, welcome to Missouri Loves Company. I'm one of your hosts, Brock Wilbur. I'm Vivian Kane. This is our podcast. It's called Missouri Loves Company. Wow, we did it. Uh, that took a couple of tries to get in. It's been a while. Hey, everybody, welcome back to our show about living in Kansas City and politics and cool people that live here and do cool things. It's been a couple of months because we have been uh, both busy and also uh, some of us have bad brains. Uh, that uh, <laughs> Did you know that bipolar doesn't play by anybody's rules? And uh, sometimes you just got to take a break. I do know that You do now. know that, really. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I thought that was rhetorical, and then you just looked at me for an answer. Everything here is rhetorical. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, what have we had in our life since then? Um, uh, I think that's it. I think that's it's just not bad, great. bad brain. Oh, wow. Um, what do we do? Well, we just had an election. Yes. Uh, we had a primary election for mayor and for city council and some other uh, local positions. Uh. So something that uh, makes Kansas City sort of interesting is uh, the city bisected by two states. Uh, feels like it could have two mayors. It doesn't. But we do have a giant sort of pool of mayors, and no one runs as a Republican or Democrat. It's just this pool of ideas. So, uh, like, we had 11 people run, and there was one guy that was very clearly a Republican, but just never answered questions fully dipping into that, even though you could tell he was sort of a piece of what? Yeah. Oh, I just, I want to clarify that that's mandatory. Like they have to give up any party affiliation right. before they, when they run. Which means that, yeah, people are really being judged by their ideas, but then it makes it pretty easy to tell who has bad ideas. And, and just the one guy out of the 11 that we were like, well, my God, he can't win. Uh, also, uh, Rachel Gonzalez, uh, a frequent guest on this show and somebody that we're proud of, uh, every time she had uh, something mildly critical to say about him in the last few months, uh, strangely, a brand new Twitter account would pop up every time to uh, to call her names and uh, to say terrible things to her. And every time she was just like, hey, I know it's you. Uh, and the, the only real person that she wound up in a real conversation with about this uh, turned out to be the guy's nephew who lives in another state and had, and she knew it was his nephew because he's on the donor roll as having maxed out donations to the guy. It was like, okay, there's a lot of things here. Also, we heard through the grapevine that one of his, uh, one of his people was doing a, a rally before the election and was uh, saying some terrible things about Jason Kander in an attempt to win points yeah. in Kansas City. I was like, that's just not the best politics. No. You're not going to go anywhere here with that. So, uh, so what's happened is that there's a runoff. Now there will be a, a, a real election between the two people that won. And we have two incredibly cool leftist people that are going to spend a few months pushing each other leftward. And then we get one of them. Yeah, and that's awesome. We were pretty sure that um, Steve Miller, the awful man was going to be one of the two nominees at least like I don't know I didn't really talk to that many people about the election really I'm realizing so I don't when I say like everyone thought maybe that was just my impression of it that's what we both thought that Steve Miller was definitely going to be one of the two I have to double check it is Stephen Miller right yeah, like the racist guy in the White House, like that guy. Um, so we both assumed that he was going to be one of the two, and so we weren't sure like who we were going to vote for. Right. We couldn't decide. Is it okay if I say who we voted for? Oh, sure. We couldn't. <laughs> not everyone has to do this. I like doing it. We we couldn't decide between the two of us if we wanted to vote for uh, two two candidates that we were really excited about were uh, Jolie Justice and Quentin Lucas. And we were like, well, one of them has to make it to the primary mm-hmm. uh, or uh, through the primary. And so we decided to split our household vote and vote for the two of them between the two of us. And those were the two that made it to the the final election so steve miller horrible guy with a lot of money behind him is out of the race 
What I'm saying is we did that. We did that. Also, we effectively nullified each other's votes and did the thing that was going to put him up there when all the leftist people split their votes over 10 different people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Okay. But no, we, we, it turned out how we wanted it to. So that means we did the right thing. And that's politics. (laughs) Uh, So we have a very special guest with us uh, here today uh, and she'll introduce herself now. I'm Leslie Bush. I'm an organizer here in Kansas City. An organizer for what? I'm an organizer at Planned Parenthood. Uh, tell us about Planned Parenthood of the Great Plains. Uh, it is an organization that spans more than just this area, right? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, four states, and we have 11 health centers across those four states. How does it go from being a state-by-state organization into being something that, that's that broad, that covers like a whole region? Um, you know, I don't really know the history of how the affiliates um, organize themselves, but um, I can say that we have a similar structure in every state. So I have peers that do organizing in Arkansas and Oklahoma, which is exciting because those are some of the toughest parts of the country to organize. So I really look up to them. Uh, Leslie uh, and I met because uh, back during uh, the big election at the end of last year, uh, we, uh, she taught me phone banking locally where we called um, mostly numbers in, in the Kansas uh, suburbs of Kansas City, which are traditionally not liberal strongholds uh and so it was a lot of calling people during dinner and asking them to talk about their feelings on abortion and people are not receptive how did you feel that went it's uh because it was we did i did a couple of rounds with you and i always left feeling a mix of like really happy that i did it and also just like oh we're damned we're all doomed here and like that's uh (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. I I will say I um, got to spend an evening not phone banking about access to abortion the other night, and I phone banked for Medicaid expansion, and it was just like it felt like nothing. Like it felt <laughs> like I w- I was like, oh wow, this is much less challenging. But also, seventy percent of voters support Medicaid expansion, and mm-hmm. um, when we're talking about abortion in, in Kansas, we're at about we're just over. 50% close to 60% of Kansans when polled support access to abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, it's a tricky, it's a tricky subject. We also called to uh, ask people to vote for uh, a couple of different candidates. And one of those was uh, a Democrat for governor of Kansas, which we won. And uh, almost first day in office reversed a lot of like uh, anti-choice legislation that had been passed over the last couple of years, right? Well, you know, one of the first things she signed was the statewide non-discrimination ordinance, right. which was amazing. So, yeah, gave access to, um, or didn't give access to, but um, kept uh, LGBTQ folks from being discriminated against as state employees. So, One, one of the things that was uh, a very funny detail about the experience of coming into the office nights and weekends to uh, to do call work with you was that there is a men's restroom at the Planned Parenthood offices, which was the most immaculate bathroom I've ever seen in my entire life because there aren't a lot of people that go in there. Uh, and so when I was using it, I was like, I, I was cleaning up after myself like a lunatic because I was like, if I made a mess in some way, they'll they'll know. They know who it is. And since then, you guys have converted that restroom into a, a non-binary restroom. Yeah, it's an all-gender restroom. Right, which, which is, is a much better use for yes. it. But it was also, it was the only men's restroom I've ever been in that clearly was not put together by men because there were little like terrariums and stuff that a regular men's restroom could never sustain because of the awfulness of how we act. I was like, this is so fancy, but it's too fancy and I don't belong. Uh, so that was a fun part of that. 
Uh, oh, um, so tell me about the sort of stuff that you guys get involved in, because, of course, Planned Parenthood isn't just abortions. Like, what else, uh, what other sort of women's health care does the group provide, and what do you do in your job? Sure. So we provide a large range of services. Um, we provide SDI testing. Um, in fact, in Missouri, um, we're one of the biggest providers of of um, SDI testing. And um, I don't know if y'all know, but Missouri has like very high rates of syphilis, like that of like a developing country, um, which is really troubling. And especially that rose recently, right? As as more and more clinics shut down in the last couple of years, or has that been a long term issue? I, yeah, I think it's pretty recent, like maybe since 2015. Jesus Not Christ. sure if that's exactly <laughs> right. But um, but yeah, but and, and also within that you know, same context of Missouri, Missouri lawmakers are trying to take funding from Planned Parenthood, even though Planned Parenthood provides, um, you know, a large majority of those services. Um, so, you know, that's one service that Planned Parenthood provides. We also provide, um, some primary care. And, um, one of the things I'm most excited about is our, we're expanding access to transgender health services. Um, because especially in Kansas, Missouri, those can be really difficult to access. So Planned Parenthood has really been a leader in, in the sorts of care that maybe other providers aren't providing. And then the work that I do, um, so I'm a social worker and I have been a social worker for like the entirety of my professional career. So for like, I'm not very old, like the last six years, but, um, (laughs) it's interesting because, um, my organizing work is very similar to that of social work. Um, except that in social work, you are like a gatekeeper to, a service of some kind. So I've worked as a case manager and folks with severe and persistent mental illness and folks experiencing homelessness and living in domestic violence shelters and such. And, um, what's difficult sometimes about that experience is you're like, you're like embedded in the humanity and like shared experience with this person, but you have this inherent like power deferential with them because you can give them like the 100 bucks for their utility bill or like, shelter that they desperately need and like you're the the gatekeeper to that which feels not good at all especially yeah it doesn't feel great um but my work now it's like it's different because there isn't that power differential because I need my volunteers just as much as they need me and I have a uterus and I need access to reproductive health care and these things are like linked to me as a person so it doesn't feel like we're we're in it together, right? Yeah. What what do you spend the most of your time doing as an organizer? So I met I met Leslie just a few weeks ago um, when Brock and I both went with a group of other volunteers out to the state capitol to talk to legislators, uh, which was the first time I'd ever done anything like that, and it was fascinating. Um, there were you, highs and lows of that. Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> we should tell people what that experience is. Yeah. Uh, so we we all met at about six a.m. in a and crammed onto a a van that Leslie drove out to Jefferson City. You were so good at driving. You were so good at driving that van. I think I'm going to trade in my Corolla for a 15 passenger. Yeah. It felt really good. You really looked at home. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, we we got just maybe the briefest of trainings. Really just sort of like It was shouting in a hallway that was sort of echoey and everyone got trained 
that way, which was a very organizer movement sort of yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so then we broke into small groups and um, and had a list of of lawmakers that we were going to talk to, and it said like what they were for and or what they'd voted for and what they'd voted against, and uh, we had a number of different issues, including um, I'm like syphilis related material was on there, and obviously like defunding Planned Parenthood bills were on there. Um, we. Our group, which the three of us were all in a group together, um, go team like five or whatever, uh, we like we knew we weren't going to make it to everyone on the list, but but we pretty much ended up only talking to Democrats that day, which honestly made me kind of happy because there were there were a number of Democrats that had voted um, like for. Uh, um, like sex education or oh, contraception. That's mm-hmm. the word I'm looking for. Um, mm-hmm. But against abortion. And so that was really like the issue we were talking to them about, but we didn't have to, there were other groups that like walked into offices and were like, I were here from Planned Parenthood. And the lawmakers just said, get out. And we didn't have anyone like that, which we I were meeting about. with Democrats, but it wasn't a waste of time because uh, Missouri Democrat is uh, probably a centrist. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but like, and- <laughs> we still had work to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we, we met all of our representatives for yeah. the most part, which is a, a thing that certainly I didn't do in California. We didn't go into people's offices and like, hi, you represent me. I want to talk to you. Yeah, I got to meet um, Judy Morgan, who I've talked about on this podcast before when I first learned who she was and got so excited that she represents me and <laughs> you were there when I was just like, I just want to talk to Judy Morgan. And our group was pretty much done. And I, I finally like I just went and talked to her like without the rest of the group, really. And I, I felt really good about that. <laughs> it was very funny because the uh, the House of Missouri was uh, voting on a new budget. So they were all on the floor. But you could just uh, sort of grab this uh, usher dude who would walk out and grab one of them and they'd come to talk to you. So it was like, yeah, this is my uh, my list of people. Would you go grab them? <laughs> yeah, a, a tip for literally anyone out there. Uh, you don't have to be with a group to do that. If you're in your state capital, you can just go and say, like, I'm a constituent and I would like to talk to this person. Can you pull them off the House floor or Senate floor for me? And, and they'll do it. <laughs> the, uh, the Missouri Capitol also... Uh, is uh, you can have a concealed weapon uh, anywhere you go except for the like the house floor and across the hallway from the house floor uh, is one of the big republicans and he had a sign in his office that said concealed weapons not only allowed but encouraged and i was like really really that's what you want you really just like i i would rather talk to somebody with a gun at all times uh which just, I don't know, just maybe out waving it around. Yeah, but just like five feet away from the spot where it's like this is the one spot you definitely can't. Yeah. Uh, so like he seemed fun. Uh, but I, I was curious to know if that sort of thing was new for you. Also, like, do you spend much of your time talking to lawmakers, or are you more direct with volunteers and like on the individual level? Yeah. So definitely, most of my work is with volunteers. So. Um, I do, you know, I talk to my my lawmakers too. I don't know if they know me personally yet, but they will shortly. I've only lived in Missouri for yeah. (laughs) I've only lived in Missouri for a couple years, so um, and I lived in Kansas before that. But um, that's my hope is that they'll know me personally, and that's my hope for all my volunteers. But primarily, my job is to encourage volunteers to connect with their civic power, so they understand those things like how do you talk to your legislator, and and also to know that. Um, your legislator works for you. You're their boss. Like you, you should tell them, you should give them feedback. That's their job. And I think that especially me, just like a few years ago, I was very intimidated by that whole process of engaging. Cause I think the process of, um, 
of legislation moving through the state house is very complicated. There's a lot of rules and sometimes those rules are broken and it's hard to figure out where something is in the process. But um, I think the most important thing is just like building that relationship with the person who represents you. It's also intimidating because uh, as we learned, like a lot of it's talking to, especially like male politicians is talking to somebody that is such a capital P politician that like your point gets lost pretty quickly as they're like, look, I'm just going to level with you and we're all on the same page here and I'm a good guy and you're a good guy and we'll find something to talk about. And you're like, let's just all be civil to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, those. right. But like, you're, you're awful. But and yeah. what your stance is, is awful. And like at the end of some of this, people were like, let's all get a picture together. And I was like, I do not want to be in a picture with this guy. Yeah. Like he doesn't seem, we had a, we had a couple of those where it was like, uh, yeah, I, I can see where some of these people are conflicted and, and you tried to talk to them and, and it, it did feel like uh, there was there was ground covered and like progress was made. And then other times there, there was one guy in particular that we spoke to who uh, had sort of promised not to vote about a certain thing. And Leslie texted later that night to be like, yeah, he actually <laughs> voted against it. And uh, my and Viv I had a breakdown. I lost my mind. And then the next morning, Leslie texted to be like, actually, he didn't vote I'm that so, way. He, so he voted sorry. in support. I was like, well, we uh, we almost uh, went back to burn the state <laughs> yeah. house down after that. So. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. He was, I don't want to name him, but like yeah. uh, we had we had a very long conversation with him and, and our group wasn't just the three of us. It was it was a slightly larger group and we were all represented sort of by him. Uh, and uh, his whole thing was like, I want to support women and I want to support Planned Parenthood. But also, I just personally don't believe that abortion is right. Uh, and so he was trying to make a case for, uh, just how, like, uh, the night before voting against an abortion bill, he had to stay up all night and how, how terrible that felt. And, and people were like, I understand. And I was like, no, because you're talking to a group of all women explaining how hard it was for you to oh, make this. It's was, it was like, oh, did you know so that if you're surprised pregnant, yeah. you might be up more than one night, like dealing with what choice it to was, make. Like, he felt really bad about stripping us so of bad. all of our bodily autonomy. Just like really hard for him. But the ability to say it to you with a straight face and hope that you would sympathize he, with him. I was like, meant wow. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was an interesting learning experience. Uh, going to the Capitol and talking to all of these people. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad that I went. What advice do you have for people to get started in this, either here or like elsewhere? Um, I think uh, specifically when talking to your legislator, the best thing to do, um, you can call their office. Um, they're often not there because they're busy people. But um, calling their office, emailing them personally, and you can email them through those forms that you sign up for, and they're great, and I make those forms, and they, they are helpful, especially when you are a legislator and you have, like, a stack of 20 or 30 emails. They might all say the same thing, but that shows you that, like, 30 of your constituents really care about this issue. Um, but personal emails, definitely. And, um, and finding them, like, in your own community, because a lot of legislators hold like town halls and stuff and just, you know, going up to them and introducing yourself because they're, you know, they're people and they work for you. Back around the holidays, you guys got Gloria Steinem to come in for a fundraiser. Uh, how did, how did that come about? And, and what'd you think of that whole event? I wasn't at that event because I was out of town. Ah, I don't know if I can speak on that. Well, it was really fun. Yeah. yeah. You guys went good. You missed it. It was like, well, this is a weird part. Yeah. Let us tell you about the Planned yeah, Parenthood fundraisers. Do you know who she is? Oh my God, she's fantastic. 
just mansplaining Gloria Steinem. Mm-hmm. That's actually a good emo song name. I That's, believe uh, I've heard of it. What are some of your favorite like successes or stories from working with the organization? What like keeps you coming back every day when things get rough? Thank you for asking. I think this is a really challenging time of, I mean, this is my first real organizing gig, like with a capital O organize. I mean, I've done organizing since I was like a teenager probably. And a lot of us have, we just haven't called it that. Um, but I think this time of year is really difficult. People are really tired just because we're just constantly getting attacked, especially at a place like Planned Parenthood. Um, but with that said, the thing that always fills me up is spending time with volunteers. Um, so, you know, tonight the poetry slam I'm really excited about. And even when I'm like so exhausted and I'm like, how am I going to get through to 8 p.m. tonight? I can barely like form a sentence when I get to spend time with volunteers again and just hear them talking about the issues and remembering like these are my issues and these are their issues and we're all connected in this like that just immediately energizes me again. After this, there is an event, a crossover event with the ACLU that we're going to, which is a, a poetry slam to protest uh, Trump's trans military ban. And the uh, the event invite for it originally made it sound like everyone had to write and present a poem. And uh, Viv and I were like, I don't know if we should be speaking to that experience. I, I Also, we're not very good at slam poetry. Like, there's two different parts of this that become an issue. But no, it's uh, just about getting out and supporting the community. And so that's really exciting. Yeah, I think, I think when a lot of people think about volunteering, they think about, like, going to rallies or doing phone banking. But, like, the poetry slam is a very cool thing. Like, what other kinds of events do you do that, like, you're excited about? Sure. So like I, um, in the fall, I did a documentary screening. We watched Reversing Row and we had, um, the film's featured doctor, Dr. Colleen McNicholas come and speak. Um, and she did an incredible job and it was really cool because there were, um, some students in med school that were at that event and I saw them like connecting with her, which was really special because especially for a med school student to be able to, um, you know, see someone that's an abortion provider in, a state where it's really difficult to be a, an abortion provider. Um, that was really special. So, yeah, you know, I do I do things that aren't phone banking from time to time. <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh, good Supreme Court justice or best Supreme Court justice? Mm, that's tough. He did promise that he won't revert. I can't even do it with a straight face. I'm sorry. Like, it's it's just so... Super funny what are joke, the, though. Yes. Oh, hilarious. I love a good Kavanaugh. Um, what, are the, what are the things that are the biggest threats to the organization right now and, and to, you know, abortion in general? Yeah, I would say Brett Kavanaugh. So um, I think... I love that it can be just one person. Like it's- Yeah, well, I mean, it's him, but also just the entire you know, it's the entire movement to try to control people's bodies. Um, and I think, so in Missouri, the Stop the Bans poetry night is for stopping the abortion bans. And because of Missouri, we're worried that Missouri wants to be the state to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, and I just looked earlier today and there are 32 states that are trying to introduce abortion bans and some of them as early as six weeks, which is before people know they're pregnant sometimes. So... The, the situation that was coming up as we were at the Capitol was that Missouri is trying to create that situation where it's a six-week ban, but basically it would create a situation but with the other laws that women only have a period of one week that they could get an abortion within if, if these things happen. It was like, well, that's, you know, it's not a full ban, but there's seven days and it's just a ludicrous nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and especially when you think about who that's really hurting, because right. I think there are some women in this country that will probably always have access to abortion when they need it. 
and there are women with low income and especially women of color and young women who do not have that access already right now as we speak. So I think that's really the challenge with these bands that back it all the way up to six weeks. (laughs) (laughs) This is the quickest like everyone's ever gotten sort of crushed and run out of steam here on the show. (laughs) No, it's I think that I think that there are a lot of people that don't realize that that abortion is already off the table for so many women across the country just because of access. Like there are all of these rules like uh, gag rules and like the waiting periods, the the, like logistics of how wide like uh, your hallways have to be, like all these little loopholes that Republicans keep trying to introduce that are like, oh, we're not trying to ban abortion. We're just like setting guidelines around it. Like in effect, it's just, it's just making it's giving less and less access and there are, there are a lot of people already across the country that don't have access that it may as well be be illegal for them because of all of these rules when when we went to the capitol we were there because there were a couple of very specific bills on the books but like what are what are the sort of things that uh, that men and women can write to their representatives with in a general everyday way to remind them that they're paying attention to this. Is there, what would, what is that letter that that you would send? What's that email look like? <laughs> um, I, it is difficult to track like individual bills as they go through. Um, but I think, you know, if you know that your, if you know that your representative or Senator is a champion for reproductive rights, just say that they say, thanks for being a champion and please continue to be a champion for X issue. It's, you know, f- we do that. We try to do that. Um, we call them thanks and spanks. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's cute, right? Um, but yeah, and I think it's important, too, to thank legislators um, because, I mean, their job is their job's hard. And they, um, you know. People, people don't, like, call them up because they're happy with how they're exactly. doing Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like the worst form of, like, the service industry job because you're just constantly... <laughs> Um, being berated and criticized and I think that would be really difficult um so I think it's important to you know give them praise when it's due how can people get involved you guys are pushing for uh, an upcoming event uh, which is sort of uh building on the event that we just had what is that and how can people locally get involved yeah so on May 8th we're having a big rally in Jefferson City at the Missouri State Capitol um so the best way to get involved is to go to the Planned Parenthood Advocates of Missouri website um, and sign up there. Um, And that's going to be a great event. It's going to be an event with uh, coalition partners because, you know, it's not just Planned Parenthood that's affected by an abortion ban. It's uh, lots of our coalition partners, including like the ACLU, um, have come together. And I think they've noticed that Planned Parenthood is stretched thin right now because we're you know, in a state that's trying to return Roe v. Wade. And so it's really been amazing to see other organizations come up and help us out. And I think that's what we're going to see on May 8th. What What's the best way for people to, uh, in a national way, use their money right now? Where does it go the furthest uh, for causes like this? Ooh. Um, I mean, I say donate to Planned Parenthood, but also donate to your um, abortion provider fund. So there are like the Peggy Bowman Second Chance fun um and the gateway access fund in missouri um which both of those go towards helping folks fund their abortion services because abortions can be really expensive um and that's you know that's a barrier to care for sure so i think you know that's that's another way to help support people with uteruses having access to their human rights 
when everyone's run down around this time of year, how do you guys keep spirits high around the office? Is there is there any shortcut for that? Is there? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is coffee and like <laughs> really dark coffee, like making it way too strong helps quite a bit. But also, um, like I said, like being around volunteers, I'm not being cheesy. Like it really does help me um, because I think this work can be really lonely. Um, and I don't know. I imagine other organizers feel that way too. Um, do you feel just kind of like isolated and you're working so hard and so much of it is really out of your individual control. Mm -hmm. But when you, you know, when you're around like-minded people who understand the issues, um, it really, you know, sends it home and helps me remember why I'm doing it. Where can people find you guys online? Where can people donate? Just to, to recap that as we get to the end here. Sure. So you can find our work on Planned Parenthood GreatPlainsVotes.org. Or it's PPGPVotes.org. And uh, we're also on, on Facebook, Planned Parenthood Great Plains Votes. Um, and uh, because I'm the Kansas City, Missouri organizer, I also work with Planned Parenthood Advocates of Missouri, which is the statewide Missouri Planned Parenthood team. So uh so cool we'll wrap up by doing our usual thing where everyone gets to give a pop culture recommendation uh something that you like something you've watched or read recently or listened to i'd like to advise that everyone put a subscription in for professional af with diana kander a new uh podcast for professional women uh produced by uh, yours truly uh, as i just work my way through making a podcast for everyone in the kander family uh jason uh her husband was the guy from majority 54 which uh on that show, uh, Diana would come to read the ads with him, and they had a very cute husband-wife back and forth, and uh, now Jason comes to read the ads on her show. Uh, and uh, if you haven't heard Jason Kander post not having to do anything, uh, relaxed Jason Kander, who doesn't uh, give an F, uh, is uh, just a really cool guy to listen to. <laughs> Brock, Brock mentioned that to me, and then I listened to it, and I was like, I don't know, he sounds like great and energetic. I don't know what you're talking about. And then I realized I listen to podcasts at double speed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Viv, where can people find you online and what would you like to recommend? Uh, you can find my writing at the Mary Sue every day. And I'm on Twitter sometimes at Viv underscore Kane. Um, I, I was going to go with, and this is my way to really do too, by saying what I was <laughs> going to go with. Um, Killing Eve came back last, last night from when we recorded this. So Sunday April something um, for its second season. It's a great show uh, led by two women, um, Jody Comer and, and Sandra Oh. It's just fantastic. And um, with a different female showrunner yeah, every year. Yeah, uh, just great show. Uh, it's on BBC America and it just came back for its second season. Um, but what I'm reading is a book called Invisible Women, uh, Exposing Data Bias in a World Designed for Men. And it is... I'm only like two chapters in and it is a fantastic book. It's just about how all of these things that were designed to be universal really only took men into account and uh, they just assumed that like women would be equally affected and they are not. And it's, it's everything. The first chapter is like basic infrastructure, like bus routes and like how snow gets shoveled. And it's just, it's so thoroughly researched. Like, I don't know if I've ever read a book that wasn't a like school textbook that was this researched. Um, Do you want to say about the guy that asked you what you were reading? Oh, uh, I, so I was reading it at brunch. I just had brunch by myself one day because um, I have friends. Um, but I was reading it at, at this bar and uh, like a man sat down next to me just as I was getting my check and I could see him looking 
looking at the book and just immediately my thought process is like just don't don't do it dude like don't don't talk to me about this book um and and so I paid the bill and he uh I can't even remember how he said it but he said something like he he, he just commented on it and and uh and I was like he's like oh so is that good and I was like oh yeah and I was like I don't want to talk about it and he's like oh my daughter's reading it and set my whole mood changed <laughs> I was like oh you actually want to talk to me about the book you don't want to talk to me about what you don't like about the book's title but he like he thought it was fiction he didn't really know what it was about he'd clearly just <laughs> seen his daughter reading it and so I told him no it wasn't fiction I gave him that brief summary and he was he was like oh so like what kinds of things are different like like bathrooms I was like, oh, yeah, uh, I mean, the first chapter is about like infrastructure, but then turns out the next chapter was about bathrooms. Wow, so, I didn't yeah. know that <laughs> Yeah, twist. Um, oh anyway, that's a, that's a nothing story, but like, it was just, it's a great Your book. Your prejudices were proved incorrect. Yep. It's a great book that will uh, be sure to get men to uh, start conversations with you that you don't want to be having if you read it in public. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, I, that actually reminds me because I, I just, I was reading, when I was reading Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay, yep. which is an incredible <laughs> book, book, I was reading it in Raleigh, North Carolina in a park and just had, like having a great day and a man approached me about it and I just, just kind of like, wait, are you seeing the same book I am right now? It says Bad Feminist on the cover and you want to have a conversation with me about it. It was... Not great. And and then it my unfortunately my prejudices were confirmed and uh he wanted to have a very heated political conversation. But it with said me. that you're bad at being a feminist. It's right there on the cover. <laughs> right. like, the best he's like, Hey, yeah. me too. <laughs> Every once in a while a woman will share a story online about that happening when she's reading the book Men Explain Things to Me which no. is just the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what's your recommendation? Um, I have been listening to the album Hold on, I need to check again. It's by Duran Jones and the Indications, and it's called American Love Call. And they played um, at Record Bar this week, and they're really great. They're like a soul band. It's like very much a throwback to like Motown, um, and it just feels good. And it's beautiful outside, so I've been listening to that with my windows down. So On nice. Sunday night, I missed The Coat Hangers at Record Bar, which is a little more uh, abrasive feminist punk rock, <laughs> as you can tell by wow. the name. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, big week for Record Bar. Uh, anyway, that's been our show. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Please like, subscribe, tell a friend. Leslie, thank you so much for coming out. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, see you guys next Bye. time. Bye. Bye.